This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते चाहे 50, 100, 500, 1000 या कोई भी लीगल टेंडर नोट हो या ना हो चवन्नी में भी चलेगा लेकिन अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छूटेगा इस इस हफ्ते के लिए छोड़ दो नहीं नहीं चांस ही नहीं है सो वेलकम टू हफ्ता एंड हेलो टू आर पैनल हु आई एम होपिंग हैव इनफ कैश टू पे फॉर योर ओन स्नैक्स because our uh, kitchen is not working okay joking it is we have credit cards we are rich people Uh, so I will ask the panel how this has affected their life, uh, but first let me introduce the panel. Today we have Anand, hello, our very own consulting editor, Manisha Pandey, hello, our managing editor Deepanjana Pal, hello, uh, Madhu Trehan, our editor in chief, will not be able to join us today. She had some other commitments, and our very special guest, who I think will shed more light on the subject than all the WhatsApp messages, forwards, and posts that you've got in the last one week, is uh, Vivek Call. Uh, Hi. Uh, hi Vivek thank you for joining us Vivek is in Bombay uh, for those of you who may not know who he is although i'm sure you will he's joined us before on hafta he's an author and a journalist he's worked at dna he's worked at the economic times you've written uh, easy money trilogy and uh, now you freelance exactly. right exactly sorry i was going to say the irony yeah. of vivek writing easy money <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah and and you have a regular column vivek now Yeah, I write uh, a diary, sort of a daily diary for a website called EquityMaster. dot com. All right. So, uh, well, that's Vivek for you. And so, before Vivek, we ask you to break down many of the effects, side effects, the good, bad, ugly of this. How has this impacted your life personally? Be honest. Uh, see, I mean, on a broader level, it hasn't really impacted my life because uh, all my transactions happen through debit card. Mm. uh but i've been trying to buy an almira for uh, the last few days and that <laughs> has become very difficult but so, yeah. almira mm. mein jo rakhna tha wo jalana to nahi pada nahi nahi basically you know my landlord uh, i mean i had an almira which was basically my landlord so he's taken that away Ooh. so because of that everything's like sort of lying around yeah. oh dear well uh this program is not sponsored by pepper fry or uh, what is the other furniture this urban thing? ladder urban, urban ladder. ladder but uh, i bought furniture from one of those i forget which of the two it was uh-huh. and um, yeah it was pretty good yeah actually i bought uh, three almiras uh, last year from you know uh, one way i think two were from pepper fry and my experience hasn't really been the same so. yeah even i had a bad experience you know these almiras <laughs> it looks too big and it's very small when it comes Let's continue this discussion. Wood is basically. <laughs> so those of you who've joined us on the after <laughs> yeah. to get some perspective shed. on closets. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're providing. <laughs> so we are providing closets. Those of you thought there'd be skeletons. No, we are only providing the closets. Anyway. What you keep it in in it is yours. Okay, so uh, before we come back to Vivek to tell us about this demonetization, I'd like to ask the same question to everyone on our panel. Anand, how has this personally affected your life? Not at all. And in fact, like everyone. i can say uh, well reasonably well to do middle class upper middle class it has not affected at all hmm. except uh, in my case i had to buy i mean i had to get the currency because uh, of uh, because i smoke so <laughs> that was the only thing other than that everything has been uh, you know through yeah, plastic yeah so just before your cigarettes you had to go stand in line <laughs> and to line mein khada ho gaya lekin cigarette nahi chhodi main to kaise kya yaar he say kaise with a smile as if main beatific main geeta ka jab kaise chhod dunga you know last time we were on hafta 
at that point of time it was evening and that same day i had visited 7 atm yeah i remember you so said that so that same night i on the 18th atm visit hmm. i uh, managed to withdraw some money wow. so and i'm saving it like it's like you know gold right now you while are, smoking uh, a gold flake <laughs> while smoking gold flake chalo urban ladder pepper fry gold har har cheez ka endorsement kar dalo waise hum ads lete nahi because when the address pays address served and when the public pays the public is served please subscribe to news laundry and help keep news free and independent click on subscribe and pay to keep news free manisha how has impacted your uh, life personally not really but because I, i haven't queued up still to get cash from the atm so which means i it's not really impacted me except like small purchases that you like to make like you want to buy vegetables from a vegetable vendor or take an auto hmm. i haven't done that and that so i've been walking take an uber or go to like a easy day where you can swipe buy vegetables which i don't like to do like i prefer buying it from a vegetable vendor which i haven't been able to do DJ technically it hasn't affected my life in the sense that I'm not uh, desperate for cash because I can go cashless but uh, like Manisha was saying the immediate effect has been on the people that I did have cash dealings with like the vegetable seller for example but um I did have a moment when I did go out to get cash because I had given some um prints to get framed and the frame shop guy called me saying that he desperately needed money so and nobody was, was being able cash. to pay mm. him and his kid is unwell etc etc hmm. so then i went into line and jumped the queue because i had a white person with me so they let the white person jump queue persons who are foreign nationals senior citizens hmm. uh and those who are disabled that twice that i uh, two times that i've been in a queue once i abandoned once i stayed on um these are the three people that at least icici bank has been calling out for specially okay vivek it hasn't impacted my life at all like mm. not at all so so all your marriage plans are off now <laughs> yeah all my marriage plans are off so yeah uh, so a lot of people from my social circle who say that uh, you know i have not had a problem or I, i have had a problem i'm not sure because i don't see where we really spend cash anyway so vivek now just tell me Is this a good move or a bad move because we have economists on every side uh-huh. like in every such policy intervention you have economists telling you it's good it's bad that's the beauty of economics as a science everyone can interpret oh, their own way what I do you say I think it's too early for it to be categorized as a good move or a bad move uh, initially when you know the day it was announced and you know I sort of started uh, writing uh, my first piece I thought it was a reasonably good move but now you know uh, almost 9 uh, days 10 days 9 days later i think we have really uh, you know bossed up on the implementation part and uh, because of that uh, there will be a lot of problems at least the transactions part you know i mean if i can be a little slightly technical here sure paper money does not have any value on its own Hmm. if you know a rupee is has a purchasing power if you know a note has a purchasing power of 10 rupees hmm. uh, it is because you know the government the central bank deems it to be so and if a uh, note has a purchasing power of 100 rupees it is because the government deems it to be so the difference between a 100 rupee note and a 10 rupee note is not 90 rupees okay if you know if i may say that hmm. so ultimately a pay- paper money is necessary for transactions for the economy to operate for various markets to operate and given the fact that uh, in india we use a lot of paper money i mean 
the last estimate I saw was uh, of some some 2012-2013, and during the course of that year, we had used more 86% of the transactions by value were in cash. Now, right. the number would have the figure would have come down since then, but it would still be more than 80%. Right. So when 80% of transactions in a, in an economy are happening by cash. And on top of that, you demonetize, uh, you know, high denomination notes, which formed close to 86% of the currency, uh, the transactions uh, are bound to collapse. Now, the one way of ensuring that these transactions had not collapsed was by making sure that the new money, you know, the new 500, 2000, and I mean, now even a thousand rupee note is on the cards. Hmm. Uh, or not. <laughs> Sorry? Or not. Today, Mr. Jaitley has said that there's no plan right now to print okay, I mean, I, okay, okay. So I just remember, I think the, the Economic Affairs Secretary had said something to that yes, he had. effect. Which so, are, anyway, yeah, so yeah. that's, uh, I mean, so the new 500 and the 2000 rupee notes and 500 more than 2000 should have hit the market, you know, as soon as possible. Now, uh, now the calculations that are now being made essentially suggest that you know, given the capacity of the printing presses of the various mints, the old 500 rupee note will totally be replaced only by May 2017. Wow! So there we have this uh, problem. So, in fact, uh, I think the Indian Express had a report which said that one of the mints has uh, placed a tender for uh, a certain kind of ink that it uses to print that means uh, they're running out money right so if we are you know in the process of you know these are things which should have been thought through earlier in fact anand's very very well written piece uh, you can find below on the link to this podcast anand i'd like to come to you before that but uh, i just like to point out what vivek just said one of the criticisms that i saw today of the finance ministry was that it's clear that they're making it up as they go along because the finance secretary the economic affairs secretary i think had said that they'll be printing 1000 rupee notes in his press conference about 5 days ago which is yeah. who vivek quoted and this afternoon in fact an hour before we've sat down here the finance minister said that there's no plan to print 1000 rupee notes and on that people have said this proves that they're making it up as they go along because he has contradicted what was said five days ago by the same government yeah and now i mean sorry to interrupt but he's saying that instead of 4500 you'll be it's uh, back to 2000 which means longer queues in one sense i mean i don't know but uh, not just that i mean we were told initially when the scheme was announced that there were new security features on these notes which turns out there is nothing yeah they're no new security so obviously they were making up as they go along um but before uh, I come to Manisha and Anand for more detail, I would just like to uh, encourage our listeners to read this piece. It's on Equity Master, Vivek Call's Diary. It's the regular demonetization of paper money is a stupid idea. And I think it's a fantastic piece. I had uh, recommended a piece last week on Hafta on this NPR Planet Money podcast on the demonetization, what repeated demonetization has done to the currency of Burma. Uh, I wonder if any of you heard it. But... Um, I was shocked that the State Bank of India economist said that we should do this at, at regular intervals. And really? I'm, I'm glad Vivek wrote this piece. Vivek, before, uh, and Anand, please feel free immediately after Vivek finishes or cut him off like you cut me <laughs> off. Sure, but, sure. but Vivek, uh, how do you think an economist with one of the largest, if not the largest yeah. bank in the country would come up with something of this sort? And you have said, I will quote you, uh, after you've explained what has been the suggestion, you have said in one line, 
this i think is a stupid suggestion <laughs> allow me to explain how does an economist with the state bank come up with such a suggestion i know i mean i'm quite amazed and you know basically uh, you know he wrote a research note and then converted that into a column so i first happened to read the column and then someone sent me the research note and i mean just to sort of confirm as to you know there is no errors that have been made at the level of the desk so uh, at the desk level and he said the same thing in the research note uh, i am i'm you know i am actually amazed i mean regular demonetization i mean these are things that used to happen in you know south america where countries used to be perpetually in a financial crisis and where I mean, the term banana both, republic was born was born so i really don't know i mean i i think it was just to kind of uh, i mean I, i if you read the last line of the piece i say something to the effect of that uh, this was probably done to please his political master I'll read it out else. once so. this is considered the suggestion from the chief economic advisor of the country's largest bank seems rather silly the only possible explanation for it perhaps lies in the fact that he was perhaps trying to please his political bosses mm. unquote anand and after that please carry on it's the second week we were discussing this last hafta enough already should we move on or we can't No we can't because and I mean for once I don't have to uh, harp back to the pieces that I have written because I've just written one in the last one hour it's right. come up as you said this is the the most disruptive move ever made by any leader since independence clearly and uh, I mean Vivek was right but let me just correct Vivek a little bit when he said that 86% of the uh, uh, circulating cash was in 2012 no in fact it's 2016 so mm. I've read the RBI thing and the point no, is i i quoted a you know i i haven't you know we we are making two different points here okay. anand right one is the 86% of cash has been demonetized right okay what i said was that in 2012 13 yeah. 86% of transactions were in cash I see, so I these see. are okay. two different things. right right okay. sure sure one is it. transactions yeah. one is currency right, right. currency yes right. yes yeah so uh, in 1978 when morarji desai demonetized uh, you know currency the currency that he de- demonetized in circulation was 0.006% right in 2016 modi has done it it's 86% now what kind of hairbrained person i'm not saying modi is or maybe you know maybe he is the maybe committee, not the hairbrained committee hairbrained committee uh, of hairbrained tortoise if i can you know <laughs> use that expression would actually go into this without preparing. without a plan i mean this had to be done this as he said there's a war on corruption this has this is a war i mean unless you are absolutely certain that 86% and of course out of that as many people have commented a huge chunk approximately 40 to 45 billion dollars will not actually come in because people would simply not submit it correct so you know approximately how much of it you have to print to uh, you know kind of uh, make up for without uh, freezing up the yes, liquidity right. in the system how can you make this step without first knowing exactly and you know asking the army to come in asking th- hundreds and thousands of mobile cash vans to go we Correct. have 2 lakh atms for 1.2 billion people i mean this is a joke you know it's just unbelievable unbelievable Anisha, whose coverage you thought was the best on this issue that made you understand it without jargon i think ajisha this is the only guy i've been reading and i've understood uh, most of i mean he's explained the economics really simply but i actually wanted to ask vivek a lot of people have suggested that instead of doing what they did now the government should have introduced 2000 crore uh, 2000 note mm. and not talked of demonetization just introduced a set number of currency and then later devalued 500 and 1000 and that would have been a better thing to do 
what do you, you think know, about I mean, that do you think that would have you can always you know hindsight is always 2020 no so but then I, wouldn't, wouldn't the I black really money be my, converted my to 2000 issue here is that it, but then you have it, it should have been much better planned i mean take something as simple as the size and the weight of the new notes Hmm. I mean, why do you have to recalibrate two lakh ATMs all over again? I mean, these are basic points. Correct, mm. exactly. The 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 size and weight. That's what I was surprised about. If you're printing new notes, just make so, them the same know, size. The point is, there are not enough ex people going around who do these things. I mean, it's like you know when the digital meters of the Mumbai Kali Pili. I mean, when the rates change, they take close to forty five to days to two months. for all the cabs to get recalibrated because there are only a you know small number of people who can this. do that right if i so can so these are basic things i mean um, i don't know i mean you have all these is officers and modi has such a huge uh, pmo right you know i can bet my life sorry to just interject mm-hmm. one thing if this whole operation had been passed on to the army mm-hmm. they would have done a superb job पर आर्मी कांड भी डूइंग एवरीथिंग यार हर चीज में अर्थक्वेक में भी डाल दो नो आई मीन द होल पॉइंट लाइक आई मीन दिस इज अ जॉब दैट द गवर्नमेंट हैज टू डू लाइक दैट्स व्हाट देयर आई मीन आई थिंक वी फॉल बैक टू मच ऑन द आर्मी फॉर सच जस्ट लुक लुक एट द आई मीन द देयर इज समथिंग कॉल्ड द रीडिटरमिनिंग स्टेप इन यू नो इन अ केमिकल इक्वेशन इन अ केमिकल रिएक्शन एंड द रीडिटरमिनिंग स्टेप आउट हियर इज द नंबर ऑफ एटीएम मशीन्स एंड द नंबर ऑफ बैंक्स नाउ अनलेस यू एड्रेस दैट देयर इज नो वे यू कैन सॉल्व दिस प्रॉब्लम Absolutely okay. no way. Uh, But on the coverage, actually, I just wanted to come to uh, reports on the deaths that have been reported after in the aftermath of demonetization. So as of now, Huffington Post has said forty-seven people have died. First Post had said fifty. Indian Express has kept the toll at thirty-three. Now, while a lot of these cases do you can draw a relationship, some of these cases are just about a man dying outside, you know, having a heart attack right outside the ATM. another is a woman uh, getting you know she has a heart attack while she's counting currency and i think this is really problematic a lot of because it's not as if there's a real tragedy and a real problem but you're conflating you just just to increase the debt toll there are so many reports that are just that could have that there's no relationship yeah, with demonetization and that dipansh do you have anything to say to that and any other uh, comment on the coverage or the act itself um not so i mean i think i i said pretty much every nothing has changed about the coverage since last week yeah. um it's still as lopsided it's still good to read newspapers uh, and independent publications online because they're the only ones who are giving you anywhere close to a nuanced view of what is going on tv reports would have us believe that it's a wonderful wonderful project depends on which channel you watch uh, also that's changing <laughs> exactly depends on which channel you watch tv has been slightly better at this i think than the others <laughs> i think yesterday ibn which shreen subramanian swami was taking this government apart oh, on really? this yeah so obviously they've unleashed swami again no he he's been doing that for the past few days okay <laughs> so i'm so i'm wondering if the RSS, past few years <laughs> rss has said okay unleash him again let's get rid of jetly once and for all cuz i do think they'll need a fall guy and uh, because this is going to spiral out of control uh, yeah. and uh, i'll just come back to you once again sorry adipana cut you short that's fine uh, i i want to ask you i think it'll spiral out of control but i just want to speculate i do think that the government knows something we don't in the sense that I have never seen this government be defensive. Piyush Goyal on the floor of the house. I haven't seen the speech. I've just seen what he said in print in the Hindu yesterday in Parliament. Said that the RBI committee took this decision, uh, which to me seems they're kind of distancing themselves a bit. Venkaiah and I do seem a bit defensive. This government is not known to be defensive. Whether it was a clerk, whether it was 
you know any other issue whether it was you know some sadhvi being they brazen it out they are not timid they don't step back which you know we can argue is a good thing or bad thing this is the first i've seen them stepping back and i don't see any immediate alarm theek hai lines lambi hai to theek hai lines lambi matlab it's not such a big deal do they know something we don't that some shit is going to hit the fan in 10 days that's why they already getting defensive and finding a fall guy or and here's what i want to ask you vivek i read this a uh, post and i know you have a problem with facebook posts and you know people getting the economic gyan from there and speaking of economic gyan later in the podcast i'll tell you a very nice story about my economics uh, education days but oh. it said that uh, the leading cause of people slipping in below the poverty line or slipping into poverty and and the debt trap is when they have a one time big cost thrust on them usually it's medicine and this i've even seen in un reports the leading cause of bankruptcies in the world is healthcare right but any big sudden debt requirement hurls families who are bordering the poverty line into poverty right. and a liquidity squeeze like this would have done that to hundreds and thousands of families in the rural sector and we will not see the impact of that till 2 or 3 months from now Very important. and that yeah. time bomb is not going to be on your television but it is going to be huge is there a rationale to that economics yeah i mean see as i said you know paper money essentially is a token a token which helps you make transactions now when you don't have that token or you know whether when you have when when you have a token which has just been made illegal so then the transactions collapse and the moment transactions collapse obviously it's obvious that you know if you are the kind who deals in cash and uh, you know who deals on a daily level on a at a you know a, mm. who gets paid every day hand to I mouth mean, in, sorry hand to mouth uh, income is bound to uh, collapse i mean i mean i, I mean, and why are we talking about uh, rural india when I mean, it is happening in cities as well i mean i had an electrician uh, a couple of days back and he was telling me is just you know people it's not like people don't have electricity electrical problems anymore it's just that they don't have the money to pay so his business had collapsed right mm. okay uh, also i just like to tell our listeners this podcast is produced by karthik and recorded by anil thank you both very much for doing this fantastic job now coming to uh, what manisha brought up the deaths <clears throat> you know this is always a dicey thing would they have died anyway were they just happened to be in line but the counter side is that would people stand in line for 4 hours unless they had to you know, i mean, i don't know <clears throat> i i understand what you're saying but at the same time i'm sure having to stand in line for many hours or not having cash may have led to certain people already in ill health dying see my point is sure there are cases like that but you don't mix it up with cases that have nothing to do with so for example there's one report where the guy's father uh, sorry his son has said that my father was a senior citizen and the officials at the bank never made him wait at the counters so this was just a freak thing that happened mm. now why do you want to include this or view this from the prism of demonetization right you weaken your own case you know In and fact, you, and a, that is why there's there's a credibility crisis yeah yeah and mm. you know i think manisha is very very right uh, almost i would say 50 to 60% of the cases that they've listed are uh, no way connected to you know the misery of demonetization right. but just this morning there is a there's a, actually a genuine case that times of india and hindustan times both reported of a person who actually died while waiting in the, you know a father uh, died while waiting in the queue but there have been a lot of cases uh, and manisha has mentioned a few that are not related to this but you know just because it's de- so th- there's a parallel between if you remember uh, aap mla is being arrested hmm. okay so uh, you know many of them 
uh, are actually genuine cases, but a lot of them are not. So you know, but when you say you just ratchet up the, the numbers, yeah. But right. I'm very curious so. about the fact that we need people to die for it to be considered an issue that's worth taking seriously. It's like until people were dying, it was just a problem. It wasn't a big problem. Now see people are dying. Now demonetization can be seen no, badly. I, I think this is, uh, you know, there's competitive populism. There's competitive politics of, of religion. I think there's competitive dying. So I think why many of the more liberal anti-Modi voices are ratcheting up the entire death count of monetization is because of certain statements like um, even Anupam Kher, the intellectual master of the writing, <laughs> came up with soldiers don't complain when they stand in line or mm. soldiers are dying. So they said, Achha, yuri mein kitne mare the, chalo, mar gaya mein. So this yeah. become big. I say it's competitive who's dying more. But you I know, know the real ridiculous. problem that it's would really come dangerous. is, as you correctly pointed out, after a few months or maybe after a month, in the rural areas, when people start to, God forbid, you know, drone, but they start to commit suicide. There have been some cases already. Because, you know, the farms are completely yes, they made already. redundant. In fact, and, uh, yeah. this, it's a nice explanation of how it kind of affects the rural sector. You can find the link to it at the bottom of this podcast below. But i just like to come to now the one issue uh, before we move on to the next topic because we've done this to death now the second half time running. Modi's mother withdrawing money. Now, uh, you know, I'm so glad that happened because my 80-year-old mother is so lazy <laughs> that she thinks that Nikku, fit medicine medicine मैं बस बोलूंगा देखो एक है मोदी की मां 90 साल की उम्र में लाइन में खड़ी है और वही प्रधानमंत्री मैं तो साला न्यूज़ लेने चलाता हूं टुच्चा हूं मैं तो मोदी जी ये तो सी बहुत बढ़िया किया मेरी आलसी मां को थोड़ी अकल आ गई कि 80 साल की उम्र में मुझसे बात एक्सपेक्ट करना कि कुछ करूंगा and my mother will not be listening to this because <laughs> she's too lazy even to listen to my podcast. <laughs> so, so, like, why the fuck does the Prime Minister's mother stand in line? I just want to know, okay, Rahul Baba was a photo op. Is Modi's mother being trooped out whenever he's in shit? Absolutely. Not a, course, not a dime. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a photo op. I mean, anyone, I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, she lives with one of her sons. He could have easily gone and got the money, I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt it was a photo opportunity. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, yeah, but, but really I, I must admit, sorry, <laughs> mummy, <laughs> why I wasn't impacted that when I needed the cash, my mother actually did stand in line because the That's horrible, said, man. Dude, I was in office, yeah. Horrible, horrible. It's disgusting. <laughs> How can you send her? I didn't send her. See, I, I used went. a white person <laughs> and then <laughs> his own mum. <laughs> so, uh, look, I didn't. I think what Modi did was fine. If you're an Indian man and you're in shit, dude, your mom is going to get you out of it. That's all I have to say. Anand. No, but yeah, I'm sure it was a photo op, no doubt about it. But I like her. I really like her, you know. I like her genuineness. Uh, I like her smile. She reminds me of my grandmother. Mm. Uh, same build and, you know, everything. And, you know, she's kind of, she, she has this lovely expression of she's confused as to, you know, what are all these guys hovering mm. about me, you know, get lost <laughs> and all that. She, she reminds me of, uh, as I said, my grandmother, a very independent woman. So, you know, who would just right. take a take a chappal out any moment and start, you know, grandmothers How used to do that. How old is she now? 90, right? She's, yeah, she's 95, right? I keep she's thinking 95. that when the cameras and stuff are gone, she turns around to whoever is closest to her and says, Kaun tha wo? <laughs> mm. was It's that really person? sad because she's really old, man. She shouldn't be made to do this. Like if this was her son's no, idea or if this is a prime minister. 
you could just see her getting out of the car you know just walking slowly then posing with that 2000 rupee note and obviously all the media was there obviously they know she was coming no, but who knows she Zee planned a show around it mere paas maa hai with modi and <laughs> that was their show so yeah so okay, <clears throat> okay moving on i just like to anything else anyone has to say on this vivek before i, I, move I have one point yeah. and i mean i tweeted about it in the morning today hmm. you know the rbi governor has disappeared he is nowhere in the picture yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard a word from urjit patel in the last 10 days hmm. i mean is he still the governor of the reserve bank of india <laughs> because ultimately we are talking about currency currency is the domain of the rbi i mean the uh, a lot of announcements that Shakti Kanta Das is making it. These should essentially be coming, you know, in the form of press releases from the RBI. Right. Absolutely. So and he, has, here, here and there um, are a lot yeah. of technical questions, which you know, if you look at all these WhatsApp forwards which are going around, hmm. a lot of them have, you know, they are assuming a lot of stuff, and you know, they are saying that how RBI will make a profit and it will give, you know, a dividend to the government, and then the government will recapitalize banks. or it will monetize its debt i mean hmm. these are questions that the rbi needs to answer because you know yesterday i think uh, uh, d subarao was speaking in singapore hmm. and even i mean he was not clear on some of the technical yes, points yes yes i saw that that's interesting actually maybe we should provide so, a link to that too so the point is you know someone at the rbi maybe mr patel's too busy to speak hmm. but i'm sure one of the deputy governors uh, can address Yeah. these technical issues also i mean just i mean the operational issues are all being addressed but yeah, because because when you also need to be addressed when you leave the technical issues to siddharthnath singh and the siddhanchit trivedis <laughs> then you are in like deep shit anand had some to say but yeah, yeah i mean just on this point uh, uh, vivek but yeah. uh, mr subarao in that i mean i think live mint uh, mint carried yeah. that piece yes. uh, he said by law the rbi is mandated to transfer the money to the government but he's also said that you know these are all they have never transferred notional gains to the government right but that's different but when he says by law one is mandated that means it is possible uh, i mean it's always i'm not saying it's not possible yeah. all i'm trying to say is that there are a lot of contradictory because if basically there's no clarity as we have there is no point demonstrated is, right oh, now point is if it is possible to aa gaya na amit shah aur modi ka possible ho jayega possible i just like to uh, remind our listeners that we did when um, when there was question of who was going to succeed uh, raghuram rajan we did carry a column that was titled raghuram rajan's successor is a committee because it is indeed rbi may have yes yeah there were certain basic structural changes that were made uh and yeah that there is a red flag kind of article I remember that you can provide the link now i uh, i'm moving on to something close but anand you have something to say quickly 30 seconds i like because yes. i remember what we you know from there now you see i i think one of the biggest mistakes or blunders this government has done is you can tackle a war through two means one is going all out okay the the leader stays put in the trenches and commands the other is you try and give an impression that it is business as usual and i mean i have never criticized modi for going abroad for his foreign visits because it's important fdi sure. and all that stuff but for someone to come on television and say look 86% of the uh, uh, rolling currency is now out and illegal next day, next day goes to japan hmm. you know I, either he was just like a daisical or he had no idea how should tackle the situation although i do think you can't blame this on committee if uh, 
if the last two years have anything to go by, Mon- uh, Modi runs an extremely centralized command structure and decision structure. So if he owns the rest and takes credit for the rest, he'll have to take the hit for this. But he'll try not to. I'll move on to one email. Uh, but before I get to that email, I uh, just wanted to ask Vivek. Um, in my view, and maybe because I uh, have a slightly flirting with activism background, uh, for me, the slightly? lowest hanging... F- sorry, what do you say? I said slightly. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. you, are, are you flirting with activism or are you married to it? <laughs> for the last one year, I've been making presentations to raise money because Mufat Khors who listen to this podcast don't give enough. So you have to keep making presentations. If they would give enough, I could sit and work on content full time. But if you Mufat Khors are listening, many of you have given, but we need a lot more so that we have to make no presentations for money to anyone. Anyway, you know, the lowest hanging fruit, Vivek, is mm. political party funding. Right. And I was aghast when Nalin Mehta and Siddharth Nath Singh on national television, when they were asked that if you guys are serious about going after black money, mm. 870 crores was the black, was not black, was the money in cash that was declared by BJP, Congress, NCP, CPIM and uh, which is the fifth national party? Um, Bajan Samaj Party and there's one more. So yeah. there's six actually. Huh? So, so just these six parties, eight, huh. seven in cash. He said on television that this is not our jurisdiction. This is the election commission and election reform will sort this out. He lied to the country. I would okay. think a journalist of Barkha Dutt, well, I won't say history because, but at least of a resume, would oh. have been able to catch him out that you're lying. This was the, Nalin Kohli said this. No, this was, uh, Siddharth Nath Singh said this. And he, what he said was that this is not under, and the Central Information Commission had actually said that the parties come under CIC. The parties oh. during UPS time, the BJP and Congress had got together and fought this tooth and nail. And today for them to say, we can't do this. Why does no one call this out? Why aren't the pink papers full of this? I have no idea, but I did write a piece around this. And in fact, I first wrote about it in uh, on September 30th. I mean, at that point of time, I had no idea that all this will happen. Right. But as of now, you know, the electoral financing laws in India are extremely vague. Hmm. And they allow, you know, they're structured to ensure that black money can finance Election. elections. I mean, you know, if the, uh, if the amount of donation is less than 20,000 rupees... Hmm. The parties don't need to declare the source. Exactly. So, Bahujan Samaj Party has no donation above 20,000. Yeah, every donation is below 20,000 bucks. So, and you know, this is this is weird. The second point that I had made in my article, and which I think is now, I mean, it, it again is not being highlighted enough, is, is that, and there are two points here. One is that, you know, if Mr. Modi is really serious about uh, tackling, eliminating black money, all he needs to do is to is to make you know all donations that come to BJP to come from the United Payment Interface that has been launched. Exactly okay. of the RBI. That's the first point. The second point, which I find very very weird, is that you know everyone's advertising Paytm, but no one's talking about the government's own Paytm. Yes. Which is the United Payment Interface and I mean, does not I have it, a transaction but, cost either. Ha, huh, which is obvious. I mean, and mm. I find it bizarre that you know the Prime Minister's. You know, photograph makes it uh, to the Paytm advertisement, but there are no advertisements around the United Payment Interface. Yeah, I think that's shocking. Which is why one doubts the integ- the sincerity behind this. But moving on, the next subject that I'd like to discuss is, and uh, let's start with the Panjana on this. 
the prime minister said on wednesday and i will quote this indian express report uh, the headline says government should interfere in working of media pm narendra modi this is a report in the indian express prime minister narendra modi on wednesday hailed press freedom and said external control on press is not good for society speaking at the golden jubilee celebration of press council at vigyan bhavan in new delhi pm modi said the press is responsible for upholding free speech government blah 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 he said emergency was such a bad time and see what indira gandhi did and then he went on to say freedom freedom of expression needs to be followed but there must be limits like a mother who tells her children not to eat too much modi ji to cigarette to see meri maa nahi ho to see meri maa honde na te khud jande ap building ke upar se i have a mother we have elected you to govern if you can fucking do that do it don't tell us you are our mothers where does this come from like really pre- like freedom has limits but we will be like your mothers Okay, I finished my rant. Okay, <laughs> two things. One is that how beautiful is it that Narendra Modi, who does not entertain the press, who has basically essentially in his government there's practic there's least go- interaction between press and uh, the establishment than ever before. This is the man talking about freedom of the press's. uh the press is freedom to express itself to report and everything this government has constantly gone on to say that oh emergency so bad so bad so bad which it was no one's arguing but to say that nation's interests first you're not you don't care about the nation's interest you don't want your government reported on that's been very very clear but But I mean are you really surprised were you expecting him to turn around and say that how we're a little bit autocratic but don't mind okay no, good at heart No I was heart. just I was just expecting him to you know give a boring speech that wouldn't be reported on <laughs> That's I just thought that was uh but But uh, for me the weirdest public moment that um well actually two both related in some senses to demonetization was one was the thoroughly irresponsible thing of coming up on uh, national tv at 7:30 and saying by the way nation your 500 and 1000 rupees are now worthless they're not they mm. are, they have value one the other was uh, something that i know manisha's um, blood vessels burst over how he was laughing in a video in japan and one day later weeping like a schizophrenic in a two wi- hours later that was japan oh, yeah. and then goa japan to oh. goa sudden change jet in lag, mood jet lag dude jet lag it happened <laughs> but uh but well, yeah, on so the issue of guys, press freedom he i mean all the private channels are almost in his pocket he doesn't really need there to there are like, bureaus that have shut down in gujarat because they can't report him. i mean this hmm. is for this government to turn around and talk about press freedom that's just Which laughable but i don't know you have someone like mj akbar who's you know i mean you have minister why don't these people advise him to like at least when you're going to a journalistic gathering where you know people are going to pick on these when ridiculous things when someone joins politics say. and becomes a leader they are beyond advice trust me okay moving on to uh, this rally that mamta banerji and arvind kejriwal had in delhi today demanding whatever answers from the prime minister hum uh, lorega hum lorega so cute hum dorega nahi hum lorega thank you is that what you said much. yeah it's very cute because that was arvind at the back barbaric language damage i remember just <laughs> Did I have someone translating for? I think our reporter Amit had the best response. I asked him how was the rally because I missed it, and he was like, "It was probably very good. It's just that nobody understood what she said." Because <laughs> <laughs> all the Punjabi traders saying, "I remember when she used to present the railway budget. Like it yeah. was it used to be like, what is she saying?" Okay, so um, now they asked. You know, they said that Narendra Modi got Vijay Malia off the hook. Also, sorry, before we move on to that. 
this distinction that the prime uh, the finance minister is cleverly making Vivek mm. that these loans that have been written off yeah. haven't been waived i was see i i'm not saying i'm a i'm just going to digress a bit into an economic mm. story i i'm not as accomplished as vivek or any other economist but i did study economics at college level and the one well, this is not economics here <laughs> this is accounts so there's no link <laughs> no because if they've written it off Huh. No, so basically, what it means is it's hmm. no longer a part of the balance sheet, hmm. but they can still recover it. Sure, they can. But huh. is practically how many written-off loans yeah. have been recovered historically? No, they, 10%. Uh, so that ratio is. So, you see, essentially, it's all you know. Basically, a good politician or a basically a good la- lawyer trying to hide behind a technicality. So okay. No, but do do we have data on that, Anand? Do you? Yeah, I think how it's ten percent. Ten percent off. It's around ten percent. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. Okay. Because that is what they used to give to hard collection agencies as yeah. a percentage. Yeah, that's what they used to do. <laughs> All during the hard True. collection agency days, when they write something off, they would just pass off an entire Correct. portfolio of bad loans to hard collection agency. You recover twenty percent, ten percent. Our ten percent, tomorrow. That's how they used to do it. Anyway, now okay. Before I get into Mamta and Arvind's rally, I have a quick email to read from. This is from Gokul Kumar Nair. Gokul Kumar Nair says, "Hi, news on a team. Myself, Gokul, and I'm finally a subscriber. Yay! Thank you, Gokul. In case you're wondering, is he not the ex ISRO chief? G.K. Nair. G.K. Nair. Uh, no, I don't think he's an ISRO chief because if he is, I think he's a very cool ISRO chief. In case you're wondering why I waited for so long, I've been following news running for three years. It's because you said Hafta was going behind the paywall in three episodes. जैसे सचिन को देखने के लिए पैसा देना ठीक लगता है, वैसे ही हफ्ता सुनने के लिए पैसा देना ठीक लगा है. Thank you, thank you, जी. So sweet. And it's best among all the other outlets like out there. I have made a lot of grammatical mistakes on purpose in this email here, just for the anal in Angrezi anchors. No fun intended. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> so he, so he is the ex-extra chief. Then. <laughs> okay, then he he tells us he lives in Canada and whenever his family goes on drives, they listen to the hafta so that they can discuss and How you know nice. talk among That's themselves. And it always sets image. off debating image, uh, de- debating points in the family. He says that every every week we come up with something, we reach a conclusion, or we even put our point of view across, and we don't say India wants an answer. We provide the answers. Thank you so much, Gokul. We try, we try. That's because we have wonderful guests like Vivek, who know more than us. He says he respects Madhu a lot. She uh, discusses issues with gravitas, and she doesn't come across as a know-it-all person, although she has huge, huge experience. And but she has a lot of humility. And um, Ranga Uncle is to news laundry what Hema Malini is to Kent. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I'll I'll read on. Because do. Kent, <laughs> Kent is the water purifier. Yes. Right? Oh. Okay. So I no, thought he just you're a starry face. <laughs> so so we are. You're the star face. You're the star. Yeah, I don't know what that, that. We are boring like water purifiers, and he's him. Anyway, so then he goes and say, I think he has been marketed as too intelligent. I would like to hear him on the podcast after three pegs. <laughs> <laughs> so next time we're going to give Anand. I think that's what you do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Uncle sometimes oblivious to the human instincts of action reaction for instant gratification. I don't know what that means. Anyway, thanks so much for that email. And one last point that Gokul makes is this: on a slight tippany, if I may, I would request you guys to try and catch some episodes of Peter Mansbridge on the Canadian News Circuit. He's a seasoned journalist, and like most Canadians, is damn polite. And I think he has figured out how to conduct debates or points of view discussions in a sensible but interesting manner. Very articulate, without resorting to NDTV kind of vocabulary. He says Ravish used to be Peteresque. 
till he got carried away with his own image and brooding chacha life is not so bad yaar <laughs> <laughs> so that's his mail thanks so much uh, gokul thank you for subscribing uh, the rest of you listening in and not subscribing have some shame and learn from gokul uh, so that we guys can grow uh, there are two elections coming up just so that you know one air ticket to go and back costs about 25000 having a reporter there every day would cost hey. about yeah in the winter it's 25000 to punjab i said goa, goa. oh yeah okay but 25000 25 to goa uh, the mm. trip to punjab and back would be if they go by shatabdi probably 1400 bucks one way each day the reporter and a producer is there it would be about 5 to 10000 so you guys do the math how much it takes to cover this okay so please have some shame okay so when nair and fa- <laughs> mr and mrs nair are going on this canadian trip for Winter one hour uh. they're listening to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, sorry sorry gokul if i have offended there's anyone. a whole lot exploding out there yeah. i'm okay. just saying okay so uh, now in the rally of mamta narvin they said that you have let this one go Now, without getting into the merits of how serious Arvind or Mamta's accusations are, Vivek, yeah. seriously, how do you think Vijay Malya got out of the country? I mean, you tell me, how do you think it happened? I actually uh, tried to read this article in the uh-huh. Times of India, which says, "How did Vijay Malya leave India despite CBI's lookout notice?" That's the headline. How did mm-hmm. he leave? So I thought it would provide answers. <laughs> Then I started reading the article. It said, "Liquor Baron Vijay Malya facing probe in a loan default case, IDBI Bank." Look out notice. So, this is basically this, a clickbait headline. Yeah, and yeah. then it told me seven thousand crore, and I said, "Ab batayenge how did he leave? How did he leave?" <laughs> and then I said, "He had thirty pieces." Of, and then the pack, uh, article was over, <laughs> and all I was left holding was a kela. So, so I, so I'm really wondering, like, how, how, how do such people leave? He, Kureishi, what's his name? That that meat exporter, Kureishi. Mm. So before I uh, come to Vex and everybody else's theory, my theory is this, and I'm serious. I think the bribery doesn't happen at. Uh, PM Modi or anyone's level, they go with their luggage to the airport. The guy standing at the airport, for him two crores is a lot of money. Whether he's thrown out of his job in customs or whatever, they say, boss, मुझे सात हजार करोड़ की मेरी थप्पड़ पड़ने वाला है. Loans हैं. हाँ, मैं तुझे दस करोड़ दे रहा हूँ. तू ज़िंदगी भर में नहीं कमा पाएगा. मुझे जाने दे. Because if you see in Murain Kureishi's case, what the guy actually did was, uh, what the answer was. the controversial meat exporter this i'm reading from an indian express uh, hindustan times article the immigration officials should have checked with the ed officials about the court order because he showed them another court order saying i'm allowed to leave and if you don't let me leave there'll be a case against you really you can you can like actually scare the security at the airport like that we all dealt with them hmm. so in both malya's case and kureishi's case i think bribery happened at the airport level vivek what do you think how does a man like that get away i think his cricket connections probably tipped him off so cricket connections tipped him off about yeah. what about you know leaving the con- about basically a lookout notice and everything and then he quickly see it's also you know we we are essentially assuming that uh, that the system works efficiently which it doesn't in india you know lookout notice may have been put out but whether it reached the airport or not we don't know right so hmm, hmm. anand how how do they leave no, i mean the other the one conundrum is how the hell did sahara shri manage to not flee you know i mean that poor guy if you look at my, <laughs> you know the uh, subrata roy hmm. he's been languishing in uh, well he's not been languishing languishing perhaps is not the well, correct word i mean compared to if you Thriving. were to see what yeah well but, but uh, to be fair enough he's he's, he's living in a guest house in tihar jail 
it's still tihar jail even if it's a guest true, house true okay but when you've got inmates hired to give you massages and someone else to get you like your the food that you like i don't think languishing is the word that comes to mind well, i mean okay let, let's compare uh, shubhrata roy in tihar jail to malaya in his london yeah. mansion ha huh. in so, compar- a comparative languishing yeah. by the way the article that you were reading about moin qureshi's uh, departure I love this line. Airport officials were worried that he'll miss his flight, and they would get a rap from court, and so let him board. No, <laughs> see, I don't buy that. That is not possible, Manisha. How? How? how I do don't think it's the small guys. I I do think like the big guys, like Vivek is saying, tip him off, and maybe the lookout notice. Maybe like he left within like an hour of yeah. the lookout notice coming out, so you have enough time to like. I don't because so that I, airport guy would be too scared to like, you know, fuck up. I don't like think this. Vijay Malia goes through regular airport security. But, I think but you have to go through immigration doesn't matter what you have to go through immigration. They just didn't know. They were like he keeps coming and going. Okay, anyway, uh that's that. Now I have um you know uh one more email and then we'll come to the next subject. The next subject being the Janardhan Reddy wedding in Bangalore. And uh Mystery Tata cuz we have Vivek had like to hear his view. of the mystery tata the mail is from mohammad azaruddin hi mohammad azaruddin i'm assuming you're not the cricketer because <laughs> he doesn't seem the kind who actually watches news but from mohammad azaruddin it's actually specifically addressed to dear madhu ma'am good evening trust you're doing well let me begin by saying i'm a big fan of yours i learned how the media works by watching your interviews especially your interviews with madhu kishwar anirudh behel ramchandra guhan karan thapar they're the ones you enjoyed most listening to you separate facts from the cleverest of spin by the media is one of the things i look forward to to every weekend on news laundry hafta well mohammad uh, madhu isn't here but i'll communicate this to her she probably is listening anyway then he says if i were running a school on journalism i would have made it mandatory for my students to watch your interviews and if possible do internship with you so that they can learn what courage integrity and objectivity mean in journalism i'm writing this email in response to your comment in last hafta you said something to the effect Sorry, Some, he's talking of courage, honesty, and integrity. So he cannot be the Muhammad Azrudin. Right? Then he can't be the other. <laughs> of course. Then he's he's not the Indian captain Muhammad. <laughs> Now Muhammad says, uh, "I'm writing this email in response to your comments in last half. That you said something to the effect: some communities treat value life differently, and hence are prone to pressing the nuclear button because they believe they have 72 virgins waiting for them in the afterlife." The first time I heard it, I was aghast that a fair and objective person like you could peddle stereotypes like this. Let me explain. Muhammad I will uh, say uh, although you know I'll let Madhu come next time and defend herself she didn't say communities she said cultures if that helps at all uh, I don't know if it does uh, the idea of 72 virgins Muhammad goes on to say that they aren't mentioned in the Quran the same thing that Manisha was saying he says you should listen to a TED talk by Leslie Hazelton on this topic I'm quoting her because an agnostic Jews anal- analysis will have far more credibility on this matter than me a practicing muslim he says this idea of 72 virgins on a laptop because it was easy to blame you know then he goes on to say f- facts on who pressed the nuclear button he says which community has the history of dropping bombs in hiroshima and nagasaki when they were ready to surrender which community has the history of dropping grenades and artillery rounds loaded with white phosphorus in fallujah which community has a history of killing unarmed civilians in baghdad from apache helicopters uh, he has listed you can read the whole mail he's listed vietnam war he's listed uh, you know half a million children in iraq dead and the person quoted was it was worth it Uh, which community has a sanctimoniousness of claiming to be champions of human rights so he goes on and on and on but he says you get my drift uh, yeah so he says uh, what is happening in yemen syria and history of the middle east muslim countries are also dropping bombs and killing people fellow muslims mostly however please understand that they are doing it to save their gaddis not because they believe in afterlife the common factor among all of them is their greed for power and money and not faith or belief in afterlife 
If the Muslim community actually believed in afterlife and accountability to Allah, you would see people with integrity, character and truthfulness. You would see people willing to do whatever it takes to make the lives of their neighbors, relatives better. Most of us Muslims claim to believe in afterlife, but our actions don't reflect our belief. If they did, the world would be a different place. Well, it's a very heartfelt letter. Um, thanks, Azhar. Uh, I'm sure Madhu will read it and she will comment on this when she joins us next. Uh, for those of you, um, you can read this letter next time. But I will tell you on Madhu's behalf, Azhar, Madhu is not even close to being in any way disparaging of any community or race or creed or religion. I think you might have misunderstood her comment or maybe the comment was made loosely. Uh, but yeah, we'll just get back. Uh, she does have strongly held beliefs, but she knows how to explain herself and I'm sure she will. Okay. Uh, before we get on to Janardhanadi's daughter's wedding, this week, Vivek, because of this demonetization, it's huh. a great time for Ratan Tata to get Mistri bashed up. No one will even notice. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Because yeah, I mean, that sort of got, uh, you know, relegated. Uh, yeah, what's what's up with that? I mean, see, the, the basic issue, obviously, uh, you know, from the way things are playing out, seems to be that, uh, you know, Mistri was essentially trying to unravel all the mistakes that Tata made. And uh, Tata probably did not like that. Right. But this last thing of, of course, Nusli Wadia voting Mistri's way. Right. And Mistri being removed from two more boards of the Tata companies. Mm. Which which way is the battle headed? Who's who's winning? Who's losing? Can you tell us? I mean, as of now, it seems pretty much uh, that Ratan Tata is winning. But I have a feeling that he will, you know, the Tatas would probably, a few companies will go out of their control. I mean, that is probably the collateral damage that they will have to take on. And why do you think Ratan Tata has an appetite for this battle? I mean, see, it's like, you know, all old men who have been in, you know, one place for a long time and when they see their legacy being, if at all there was one, hmm. being challenged or destroyed, I mean, okay. you do tend to protect it. Uh, I, I have a theory on this and mm. this is this is a real story. Don't think I'm making it up. I promise sure. you it's real. Ratan Tata is uh, the last of the lineage, right? So, you know, uh, when I was studying economics in college, I had, uh, there was one paper called The Economic History of India, which was a completely useless paper. I don't know why we were made to read this thick book, which was just full of nonsense, which was not relevant to anything, which you could get by just reading papers on a daily basis. I don't know why they had to take an exam. But I had a really boring teacher, and although I hardly attended any college classes, this one I used to love attending because I don't know whether this professor was actually taking the piss <laughs> or was he genuinely saying what he was saying. Because I used to think, I think he, he was just saying, and he would say this with a straight face. And this is how he talked. He says, now see. Basically, he was talking about how Indian and I started, how India started. Now see, they are the... And he would not say Tata, he'd say Tata. <laughs> now for those of you who don't know what Tata is, it is yeah, the <laughs> Hindi slang for testicles. Yeah. Now see, there are the Tatas. And the Tatas are the biggest industrial house. And they did this, that and the other. Thing. And now see Ratan Tata. Ratan Tata has her no children. So now if he were to adopt, you would be here of Tatas. <laughs> I used to try to keep a straight face. The hair of Tatas. Okay. So I was, yeah, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's been my, 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 I'm just saying that this is how economic history was taught in college, uh, which is a pity. 
but uh, this story just came to me it's not relevant uh, for those of you yeah, who it's completely <laughs> not relevant i was like why am i hearing this i'm trying to wait for the connection here but, but, but yeah. uh, it's like an item song <laughs> it is an item song but uh, but after the initial outrage of the journalist being bashed up by the tata security mm. guards how quickly did that fall off now had those journalists been bashed up by sp goons or bjp goons Mm. how long would the outrage have lasted i only saw two channels playing up that story and that mm. was a ridiculous beating that big guy was bashing the hell out of that <laughs> photographer and they were tata security guards uh, i don't do you guys see the video yes yeah, there's this really large guy and he caught this guy and he was bashing that guy phadak phadak uh, vivek does that mm. still show that the tatas have a lot of clout in the media and their guards can bash up reporters and get away with it i mean it's not about whether you know their guards can uh, bash up and get away but the simple fact of the matter is any corporate who has a big advertising budget has control over the media at least uh, you know the, the newspapers if i may to say so i mean it's it's not about the tatas i mean if it was any other group who in case of the tatas you know if, if they had bashed up the photographer or or a journalist I mean I think the situation would have pretty much uh, played out in a similar sort of way but he could but, not have been uh, sorry to interrupt he could not have been tata couldn't have been paying that much to the uh, the media because uh, at least the news came up who knows maybe in reliance you know the bo- the it bouncers have crashed 200 people and you've yeah. never heard of it <laughs> no but yeah, uh, I mean that's also possible yes yeah. Yeah. dj had at a bjp plenary or a chintan baithak the rss sevaks outside guarding the premises bashed up a few reporters like that what would the backlash have been i actually think that the backlash was very little even for what did happen hmm. we heard very very little yeah, that's about what I'm it saying. had it been bjp and yes if it had been bjp but see again like what you're referring to we do have a genuinely like we are f- looking for monsters in certain corners mm-hmm. as well but the problem is that you know the the media becomes a convenient bad guy and uh, in this case it just sort of showed the same problem that we've talked about in other areas as well that there are certain situations in which the journalist encountering resistance is far more newsworthy than in others other media didn't report this this is not just about who was beating them up but how we responded to it as well and i think the funny thing is i, I think that i mean and then does have a point because if a politician's bouncer or the mm. politician were to do it mm. media is actually not that scared of the politician yeah no but this is true but for example if you remember R- rp and singh <coughs> he <coughs> slapped a journalist i mean oh, the video goes around rahul gandhi was here he kicked him and all no that that's <laughs> the other thing that was the other that was not uh, that R- jitin prasad yes mm. but rp and singh was you know walking around in his bungalow oh yeah yeah i so saw you remember, that remember and he suddenly that. takes a detour he, and he says pushes that guy right and slaps him and that was news nobody you know hit that i think it's just the the corporate thing people are just saying uh, they have an Im- the media has an impression that look these guys give us money advertise and then the advertiser pay the advertiser yeah. served simple as that before yeah. we come to the last issue manisha you had something to add no i was just saying the way we scrutinize politicians and political parties we don't do it for corporations and corporate yeah. heads at all and i think the business press at least should have picked it up uh, economic times business standard i mean this is a story that at least they should have played up even a column or something For example, I mean, just today, in fact, I wanted to ask Vivek this. Uh, there is another half-page ad from Rediffusion 
uh, as a counter to Cyrus Mistry's allegation, so-called allegations. Right. So it's like almost every day we're hearing this. Right. And was it because Cyrus Mistry said that Tata's paid 40, 45 crores to Neera Radi or something like that? He disclosed that. I have that. no idea. I haven't seen the paper. I don't buy newspapers, so I have no idea what adds <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> so, I mean, I read all my reading is online, so... Okay, now finally, DJ, please start. Did you see the Janardhan Reddy extravaganza? Yes, I mean, I've read a little bit about it. I wish I could say that I had seen it. You didn't see the video? Uh, no, I did not see the video. I've seen a lot of the photographs and uh, my major takeaway, I will leave you all to talk serious and satirical and critical things about this. But the return gifts were one Tulsi ka ped, and one little sandalwood sapling, as a result of which lots of people picked up multiple bags hoping for more sandalwood saplings. So I have been told. And this was ironic, like the News Minute carried a piece, because these Reddy brothers are responsible for devastating the environment Indeed. in illegal mining. So for them to give saplings is like... Um, uh, is like Narendra Modi talking about freedom of press. Yeah, I guess. I want to just on this, on the expense and how uh, mind-bogglingly expensive this wedding was, read out a little paragraph from T.R. Vivek's piece in Scroll where he says the scale of the ready wedding is mind-boggling. The custom-made invitation comprised an LCD screen inside an ornate cardboard chest that featured a music video of the two sets of ready families requesting the attendance of friends. That alone is estimated to have cost rupees 5 crores. The entire wedding what? reportedly cost rupees 550 crores. Mr. Reddy, if you're listening, you, you can also subscribe to <laughs> News Laundry. It's only 1200 rupees for our top-of-the-line subscription. Oh. You know, you should basically compare it. I, I think today, they, they, uh, Shakti Kanta Das announced that uh, for weddings, a withdrawal of 2.5 lakh rupees oh, yeah. will be announced. That yeah. is so bizarre. And you have to show a wedding card apparently. No. To get it. Like <laughs> at the bank. I mean, all you need to do is print a wedding yeah, card. Yeah, all you so need if you to want to. Uh, and what I was shocked at, that in spite of what's happened in the country, BJP and Congress leaders are not self-conscious while attending that wedding. Yeah. They attend yeah. that wedding. The Prime Minister can't do jack to the Reddy Brothers and Sushma Suraj, who is one of the, I think, better ministers in this cabinet. And I personally do like what she's doing. But let's not forget the Reddy brothers were her protege. Hmm. Uh, they had her blessings. She had gone and blessed all three of them in that much publicized yes. Bellari. Uh, no, I mean, incidentally, whenever I, you know, the name of Reddy Brothers comes up or Shushma Swaraj, I can't help but think of that iconic photograph with all three of them. Where she's on almost as if on a live Reddy throne right. with her two hands on the heads of, of the Reddy brothers. brothers. And, yeah. and anyway, she's recovering right now for yeah. a kidney transplant. But, I, you know, how unselfconsciously they attended that and with how unselfconsciously. Many BJP leaders, but I will give marks to, I think it was Sudharshu Trivedi or maybe it was uh, Siddharth, uh, Siddharth what? Not, Not Singh. Who condemned the wedding. But all other BJP spokespersons were saying that, you know, it's a private function. They can do what they want. Why should we comment? Only two of them actually said, yes, we will comment. It's disgusting what they're doing. I'm actually surprised that none of the Congress MPs or stuff who were invited didn't make uh, take this as an opportunity to say that, oh, we're not going to show they up. they will also need them. Oh, because... Them. Congress MP's daughter must be scheduled to get married. <laughs> Sometime, who knows? So. Yeah, so I think the one thing that is shockingly transparent in our country and that there's complete transparency on is whether Subrat Rai is a crook or whether he's in jail or whether he's out. No matter what the charges against anyone, when they have a party, politicians from across the spectrum troop in and you will find them there. But you know, Abhinandan, I have a macabre take on this. Hmm. 
if you don't mind my saying so, which is that I love these extravagant weddings conducted by politicians. Because uh, when we criticize these weddings, we expect, uh, uh, you know, some morality from them. Mm. And I never do. I never have. Mm. So I, what I want, what I'm happy about is their corrupt money comes back into circulation. Come back into circulation. <laughs> it's giving employment to thousands of people. It's actually helping the economy. Not so just that. This, even you know. the alternative economy was helped because there were little pickpockets at the wedding. <laughs> wow. There was a guy who was trying to pick someone's pocket who came up to greet, you know, in that final reception and kind of moment. The and the bouncer picked him up. Oh with God. his wallet. Wow. These are the things I know about And they the made Vijay, a replica of Vijayanagara and yeah. you know, all yeah, those yeah. things. Because so he apparently sees himself as some reincarnation of the Listen, at least he hasn't called himself Bahubali. It's fine. So I would have minded had like, you know, all the other, I think Lakshmi Mittal's uh, son's wedding was held in some Versailles. Swiss. Uh, mm. Versailles, that's right. So, you, you know, the money uh, was, was Indian money or whatever money. Correct. So, you know, Indian politicians should hold massive weddings in India, <laughs> give employment. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, you know. On that very happy note, uh, I would just like to read one quick email. And then the song for today is very special. It's a song dedicated to Narendra Modi. No, it's not making fun of him. You don't want to miss this song. So do come back and listen to this song. And I would like everybody's views on the song. But before that, there's a last email from Sriram Murlidharan. Hi guys, at the outset, let me say you guys are doing a fab job at news analysis. I have been a subscriber to the NATO of Sound Equipment News Laundry. Thank you, Sri Ram. Yes, I remember you gave us um, sound equipment on which we are recording this hafta. Thank My you. donations from this point on are going, we like to call them subscriptions, bro, are going to move towards organizations that are actively involved in combating climate change. Sri Ram actually goes on to write at length about Trump, who's a climate change denier. Uh, the situation in regard to climate change has become very grim. There are very large parts of this planet that are going to be uninhabitable in the next 50, 60 years. Uh, he says, I'm sorry if I've ruined the mood at News Laundry, but we as species are at a vital crossroad and time to act is now. He's given a link of a documentary on National Geographic on why this is so important and what this is about. He wants us to bring awareness to our listeners and viewers on how important this is. I have great respect for you guys as journalists, hence I request you to pay more attention to this topic. Well, um, uh, hopefully I can become a lifetime member at News Laundry. It will be at the forefront of the fight to reduce the effects of climate change. Sri Ram. Thanks, Sri Ram. You can read Sri Ram's entire mail in our letters to Hafta as well. Uh, but Sri Ram, um, I completely agree with you. I think it's one of the biggest uh, problems. You haven't deflated our mood at all. And in fact, we have an environmental, uh, someone who just follows that beat, Ishan Kokreti. And you will be seeing a lot of pieces by him on the environment. Uh, and also, uh, you're absolutely right. This is a huge issue that we all of us generally need to uh, focus on. And in fact, in Awful and Awesome, right after Leonardo DiCaprio's documentary and David Letterman's uh, episode of Years of Living Dangerously came out, we talked about it because um, we do feel very strongly about the fact that these issues need to come out in less serious platforms as well. So yes, thank you for alerting us. Okay, now... Uh before we give you our recommendations of the week, here's the song. Vivek, you also please listen to the song. Sure. It's a little long, and then I'd like you to tell me what you think of this song, okay? Okay. Right. Okay. 
So it's a lovely song on that is genius. What, what do you song. think, Vivek? Yeah, it's a nice song. Yeah, it is right. Now, but you know what? I think what would make this song even better is I'm hoping Prime Minister Modi would do that Salman step. You know when he like kind of twirls on the ground on his hip. And put his hand, and then he thrusts his. Can you imagine <laughs> it's Modi a yoga move? This? Yeah, that would be so cool. I mean, I would vote Modi if on this song Modi did this little twirl on the ground, and then would you know crisscross leg and then thrust his pelvic. I'd say, bro, he's my PM. <laughs> Fuck you all. Or maybe that towel dance as well. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, on that note, uh, you can listen to the entire song. We're providing a link below, and we're uploading it. It's. It's a really, really fun song. I think it's Wait, great. Where did you get told of this? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, uh, we are known by the company we keep. So, like, you keep getting WhatsApp forwards on trying to demystify demonetization. I keep getting WhatsApp forwards of such songs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah. so, so that's what I got this from. Okay, we always give a recommendation to our listeners, Vivek, on something that they should read right. that will enrich their lives. So I'll just come up with my suggestion, and we can come up with that after. Uh, there's this piece in NPR, which is superheroes and the F word grappling with the ugly truth under the capes, and by F they mean fascist, and it's a fantastic piece on the politics of superheroes, that how Superman was the creation of these two young Jew boys, and in the beginning Superman would only be fighting, you know, some little crime here, some corrupt leader there. and later from being democratic ideals how all that they represent if you really break it down and break down its politics have evolved into fascist ideals and he explains the evolution of superheroes and i think it's a really interesting article if you if you like comics and you like politics um i i think it's a must read um because i am generally an idiot about anything that involves numbers and more so that requires uh, knowledge of economics i have been trying to read up on the historical side of things because that's how i work so there's this lovely essay in the economist called the slumps that shaped modern finance and the whole point is that they've taken five historical crises that they say are the are basically the keystones of how today's financial system works and it's really fascinating so i would highly recommend that Um, a piece in Huffington Post uh, headline: Bernie Sanders could replace President Trump with little loan loophole. <laughs> Super. Read this article and then share with your friends. Yeah, I do, saw this. I didn't read, read this. So. I mean, is this serious? <laughs> read it. Read it. Okay. Uh, my recommendation is uh, a not just because Vivek we have Vivek this week or because I wrote a review of his book, but oh, because wow. of so the <laughs> <laughs> but because of the prevailing yeah. atmosphere about money and you know things of uh, things about money, I I would recommend people to read his uh, the first of the three books which is Easy Money, and how he starts off from. Um, Uh, the barter system, and interestingly, uh, right now there is a lot of bartering going on. I heard, uh, I think, two days ago, someone. Gaon Connection had a story yeah. on yeah. Uh, how barters come one, back in villages. Yeah, uh, one. I think ten kilos of cabbage was bartered for, uh, I think, a kilo of butter. Mobile recharges for vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's very interesting. Vivek has a very And Vivek, interesting. And Vivek, your recommendation for our listeners. Uh, you know the uh, uh, the most interesting thing that I've read uh, recently is uh, uh, Ayn Rankin's uh, "Rather Be the Devil." 
So Ian Rankin is essentially a Scottish crime writer who writes uh, novels around this detective called John Rivers. Okay. And typically his books come out uh, in the first week of November every year, which I really look forward to. And I've just read the last one, and it's it's fantastic. So. Right. So thank you, Vic, for joining us. Pleasure having you as always. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Pleasure was ours. And thank you all listeners for joining us on the Hafta. It has been a pleasure hosting it. We have a hundredth Hafta coming up soon. A century. Please send us suggestions of what we should do. Should we, you know, you want to call in and tell us what you think. Uh, You think we should do a live video of a Hafta in an auditorium and we should have a ticketed event. Is there a guest that you'd like us to bring back? Or Or one or special guest. So please tell us because we want to make the 100th Hafta special because it has been an extremely uh, fantastic journey. We are often on the top 50 in the news and politics section on SoundCloud. And that always makes me very proud. Uh, And do subscribe. Yeah, Uh, You know, I, I hope you don't mind when I curse you guys now and then for not subscribing. But I'm like that. I only curse those I love. Ask my mother who just sits and does nothing while Modi's mother is going and getting money. All she does is Anyway, so guys, come on, subscribe. Don't be jerks. Don't be conjuices. Independent media must survive. And thank you all, thank dear you. panel. Thank you. For thank joining you. us. We'll see you again next hafta. Bye-bye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.